Welcome to the ministry of Reverend Jerry Payne, founder and head pastor of Disciple Nations Church, The Word Place, a 21st century charismatic, apostolic, and an evangelical ministry. Reverend Jerry Payne is passionate about soul winning, working of miracles, and empowering believers to take their rightful place in the world. He believes that Africa must send the gospel of Jesus to every city, town, or village of the world, and thus, he is committed in doing by establishing 50,000 churches across the world in his lifetime. He is a gifted teacher of the gospel, a prophet and an entrepreneur. He is a marketer and an investment banker by profession. He holds an MBA in marketing from the University of Cape Coast, Ghana. Now hear today's word. For this voice, amen. Very important that when you come to God's house, you psych yourself up, prepare your mind to hear God's word. Psalm 127, the verse 1 to 2. After that, we do Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. We'll read about 8 or 10 scriptures. Isaiah 127, the verse 1 to 2. Unless the Lord, maybe we should read together. All of us, ready, go. Verse 2. Wow. Go back, verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Except the Lord build the house. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake only in vain. Verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so God gives his beloved sleep. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, the verse 28 to 31. Isaiah chapter 40, the verse 28 to 31. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. I like this one. He gives power, if the Bible is yours, underline it. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Amen. He gives power to the weak. And to those who don't have strength, he increases. Or who don't have might, he increases in strength. Verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and uh, they shall run. The Bible says that and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait, but those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. The word wait there is not only referring to fasting. That is how we have defined it over the years. No, it is talking about those who stay long in the presence of God. 
Those who spend time in the presence of God. Those who walk with God continuously. Those who walk with him continuously. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and, and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Your path. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes because it is not wise to be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, verse 8. It will be health. You see, when you fear the Lord and you depart from evil, the Bible says that it will be health to your flesh. So not going to the gym uh, and, and lifting metals and weights. Like, is that, it will be health if you fear the Lord. It will be health to your flesh and strength. Can you imagine? If you fear the Lord, it will be strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of your increase. Give me verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty. So in this scripture, we get to understand that you will not be fruitful because you are hardworking. You will be fruitful because you honor the Lord. Praise God. You will not be fruitful because you will not be fruitful because you work hard. You will be fruitful because you honor the Lord. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. <laughs> when you honor the Lord. Proverbs 19 verse 21. Proverbs 19 verse 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. How many plans? I've often told you, you must have many plans. <laughs> Many plans. Don't have just one plan. Don't, don't let everybody tell you that if you have many plans, you don't have faith. They don't have faith. Have many plans. Plan one, plan two, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. Have many plans. So there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will, that will stand. It is not your plans that will stand, though. It, it is good to plan. He said, there are many plans in a man's heart, but it is only, he said, nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Not your counsel, not your plans. Amen? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart plans his way. A man's heart, that's what? So your heart is supposed to plan your way. You are, you are expected to have a plan for your life. A blueprint. Something that your life follows. A roadmap. Is that a man's heart plans his way. But the Lord. Somebody says, but the Lord. Is that a man's heart plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. But the Lord directs. It's Proverbs 21, 29 to 31. I told you we'll read a lot of scriptures. Then I'll teach you a few things. A wicked man hardens his face. <laughs> a wicked man does what? If you are here, can't pay. 
a wicked man always frowned. When you see him, as if the world is coming to an end. Oh, 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 oh. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. You see a beautiful girl. Beautiful. When the gentleman saw her, something moved in him. But when the gentleman approached, oh, sister. I can so buy a marriage. Amen. You must always put on smile. In, in this world, you are not the only person with troubles. We all have troubles. But in the midst of our troubles, we smile. So the wicked man hardens his face. But as for the upright, he establishes his way. So the Lord establishes the ways of the upright. Amen. The Lord establishes the way of the upright. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. Then this is the portion I like. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. But deliverance, now give me GNT, let me see. Human wisdom, brilliance, insight. I'm missing that one. Mention them. Human what? I told you when you read books, you get human wisdom, isn't it? It is very good. Don't do away with that one. Don't throw it away. It is very good. Any pastor who tells you that don't go to school, don't read books, he himself is quack or whack. Human wisdom, brilliance, insight, they are of no help if the Lord is against you. Ha! Human wisdom, brilliance, but his life has nothing to show. Insight. There is nothing he doesn't know. I see, they are of no help to you if the Lord is against you. Verse 31. You can get horses ready. So it is important that you get your life ready for the new year. Physically prepare, plan, do all that. He said that you can get horses ready for battle, but it is the Lord who gives. So it is not your preparation that gives you victory, but it is the Lord that gives you victory. And the earlier you understood this principle, the better. That we can do all that we are doing in the physical. Victory only comes from one source, God. And he says that if you have all these physical things and God is against you, nothing will work for you. May God be for you. I said may God be for you. That's what the Bible says, that if God be for us, who can be against us? Who? Nothing. Because we know that once the Lord is with us, victory is assured. We may face challenges, we may go through difficulties, we may fall sick. Doctors might not even find the solution. They might not even know what is wrong with us to even give us solution. But if the Lord be for us, I said, if the Lord be for us, who? can be against us. Who can be against us? Jeremiah 10 verse 23. Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. The way of man, oh Lord, I know. Jeremiah says, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. It is not in your place to direct your own steps. Your ways are not in yourself. 
Praise God. Psalm 37 verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he and he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and always say amen. Alright, this morning as part of our series on uh, making 2021 great, I want to speak to you briefly on a sermon I've entitled Engaging the Supernatural. Last week, we established from Proverbs 21, 29 to 31 that there are two ways by which we can prepare for a new year. There are two ways by which we can prepare for the new year. And we said that the, the, the number one way by which we prepare for the new year is the physical preparation where you put together plans uh, for the new year, you assess, you review the things you have done so far, you make changes when they need be, and then you project into the coming year and you make a, a commitment to your plans and say that in the coming year, I am going to do A, B, C, D, and you, 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 you commit yourself to doing those things. Amen. And I remember saying that never ever enter into a new year without a plan. Because when you do so, you are going to fail. Some wise man said that failure to plan is planning to fail. You cannot enter into a new year just by shouting, it's going to be a good year. It is going to be a great year. If wishes were horses, even beggars, they say, will ride. So, don't enter into a new year because somebody poured oil on your head and said, you are going to break through. It has its place. Amen? It has its place. But it is your plans that the Lord will direct and establish. So, have an idea of how you would want the year to look like. Plan it. I am putting plans in place. The things I am doing now, I am reviewing them. Why am I not getting the results I expect? Why did I get results here and didn't get results here? I am doing my own assessment and review. Then based on that, I will be able to put together a, a very comprehensive document for 2021. That will guide my steps. Amen. So don't enter into the new year without a plan. And on Wednesday, we established that plan basically means the four things that I said. How, when, who, when. Four things. Put it together. When do you want to achieve the things you are putting together? How are you going to achieve it? Where? And then who? Will you need help? So, you should want to put together something like this. Then we also said that the second aspect of the preparation is spiritual. It's spiritual or the supernatural. The reason is that the supernatural rules over the natural. Amen. The supernatural rules over the natural. No matter what you do, no matter what you put together, the Bible says that it is in vain. Psalm 127 verse 1 and 2, except the Lord build the house, you will labor in vain. He said, it is in vain that you rise up early and return late only to eat the bread of sorrow. So unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. 
who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Amen. So, whilst you are planning for the new year, you must also remember the spiritual factor, which for me is the most important factor. Amen. It's the most important factor. If you miss it, your life will be in a mess. If you miss the spiritual, your life will be in a mess. Amen. So, I want us to look at engaging the supernatural. Engaging the supernatural basically means deploying or applying strategies that are not physical or natural, but then influence the outcome of your life in the physical. So, engaging the supernatural basically means applying or deploying strategies that are not physical in nature, but then have influence over the outcome of your life. There are things you do spiritually that can change the course of your life. Amen? There are things you do physically that can change the course of your life. There are things you do physically that can change your story. There are things you do spiritually that can change your story. There are things you do spiritually that can cause things to align in your life. I want to talk to you about five things. How to engage the supernatural. Five things you need. Number one, number one, assess your spiritual life. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 6. He said, This will be the third time. How many times? This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I have told you before and foretell as if I were present the second time. And now, be, be absent, I write to those who have sinned before. I write to those who have sinned before. Not those who are sinning. Not those who will sin. But those who have sinned before. And to all the rest. That if I come again. I will not spare, spare those of you who are sinning. No, no, no. Remain there. <laughs> the apostle Paul was wild. Because the people were living their lives anyhow. The report he was receiving. Does not conform to people who have received Christ and people who were born again. So he says that this is the third time I'm writing to you. But I want you to understand that the second time I was not present. And I'm writing to those who have sinned before and to all the rest that if I come again, I will not spare you. I will not spare you. Verse 3. Since you seek a proof of Christ, Speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you. For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves 
Do what? Before I come, because now when I come, I'm not going to spare you. Now when I come, I'm going to deal with you like, like a master deals with a servant. So before I come, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Examine yourself. Are you in the faith? I sent one of my sons a message yesterday. I said, are you still in the faith? Today he's in church. I said, I've not seen you in church. I said, are you still in the faith? How come I've been seeing you in church for a while? I said, I've been busy with work. Hey! Work! <laughs> Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But in verse 6, he says that, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Hello? We are not disqualified. Verse 5. But examine yourself. Are you still in the faith? Are you still that Christian that we all know? Do you do things in secret that we don't know? Do you fornicate quietly and apply makeup and come and sit in church quietly? He said, examine yourselves. Do you pray the way you used to pray? Do you study God's word? Do you fast? Do you still come to church? Are you committed to the things of God? Like the way you used to. Are you still doing it? He said that examine yourself. So, one of the ways by which you prepare for a new year is to examine yourself spiritually. Are you still in the faith? Have you backslidden? Because until you examine yourself, change will not come. Change only comes after self-assessment. So examine yourself. Ask yourself legitimate questions. Hard questions. Why do I keep fornicating? Why do I keep committing adultery? Why do I keep lying? Why do I chop the tights? Why am I not committed to the things of God? Why do I find it difficult to go to church? How often do I go to church? Do I honor the Lord with my substance? Am I still in the faith? Do I share the gospel with people? How is my spiritual life? He says that, do you not know yourselves? Don't you know? Call back here, Ole. If you are no longer in the faith as you ought to, don't you know? See, do you not know yourselves? Don't you know? Am I the one to tell you, Akeshi? No, no, Don't you know, Akeshi? No, no, And the apostle Paul says that that is your personal responsibility. Why? The Bible says that as he who has called us is holy, so must we also be holy in all our ways. First Peter chapter 1 verse 15. As he who has called us is holy, so must we also be holy in all our ways. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So if you are not holy in all your conduct, you should know. You should know. Examine yourself. Examine. Don't wait for someone to come and tell you, Akashi, you have backslidden. Why, why don't you come to church nowadays? Uh, when was the last time you prayed? Uh, why don't you fast? 
Why, why, why have you become so disobedient? Why, why are you fornicating? Why are you so? For how long will we keep telling you the same thing? Give me verse five. So don't you know that you are backsliding? Don't you know that what you are doing is a sin against God? Don't you know that your life as it is now doesn't please God? Don't you know? Examine yourself. Are you still in the faith? Are you still in the faith? Do, do you come to church just for the sake of it? Because if you don't come, pastor will ask of you. Is that why you come to church? I am sorry to disappoint you. Pastor is not God. Amen? You don't come to church for pastor. That is wrong. That is unbiblical. That is unacceptable. That is antichrist. You don't come to church for pastor. You come to church for your own spiritual growth. Praise God. You come to church for your own. If, if you don't come to church, uh, Pastor Jerry will settle it. So you let me go for him. For him. Are you serious? Let me go to church for him. Really? He died for you. So you go to church for him. When you are sick, he will heal you. He is the one who will heal you. So you go to church for him. When you are broke, he will prosper you. So you go to church for him. You don't go to church for the pastor. You go to church for your own spiritual growth. Are you here? So examine yourself. Examine your. The pastor will do his work because God has made him an overseer over you. He will account for your soul. I like Jeremiah 3.15. said, I will give you pastors after my own heart who will teach you with understanding. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. After, I will give you shepherds. After my heart, he will feed you. That's his work. Like I'm doing now. I'm feeding you with God's word. Amen. So, you don't, you don't serve in the house of God for the pastor. You serve in the house of God for your own spiritual growth. But the question to you this morning is, are you still in the faith? Examine yourself. The apostle Paul said that, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Test yourselves. How do you test yourselves? Let me, uh, let me help you. Write it down. Number one, there cannot be a test without questions. True or false? So, ask yourself questions. That is how you test yourself. Ask yourself hard and legitimate questions. You say, test yourselves. So, ask yourself, number one, when was the last time I prayed? How often do I pray? Ask yourself. Am I a Christian at all? Ask yourself. You should know. You should know. If you have vaccinated, you should know. So he said that test yourselves. In other words, sit down. Take pen and paper. Ask hard questions and answer them. Answer them. Am I still in the faith? Okay, how do I know? How often do I pray? When was the last time I prayed? How often do I study God's word? When was the last time I studied God's word? How many minutes do I study God's word? Do I fast? Am I committed in church? This year, how many times have I missed church service? Write it. Be, 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 be honest. Be honest with yourself. Because that is the only way you can bring about a change in your spiritual life. When you are dishonest to yourself, you will not have solutions. Because dishonesty never produces solution. Am I teaching? This honesty never, never, never. 
You cannot be dishonest to man and be dishonest to God. God is bigger than man. So if you are dishonest to man, fine, maybe we can understand that one. But to be dishonest to God is the greatest abomination any man can commit. Write it down. To be dishonest to God is the greatest abomination any man can commit. Greatest. Because God, Bible says that he's omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. He knows you. Even in your heart, he is there. He knows everything about you. There is nothing about you he doesn't know. So how do you lie to such a God? How do you lie? So be honest to yourself. Be honest. Ask yourself hard questions. You, last year, you said this year you won't fornicate. Ask yourself, have I fornicated this year? Don't, don't say, oh, that one it is too hard. I won't write it. You cannot overcome it. Write it. Write it. Write it. Do you honor the Lord with your substance? Do you, do you pay your tithe? Write it. Ask questions. Have I paid my tithe faithfully this year? I said I will serve in the house of God this year. Have I served? Have I been faithful? I said I will be committed to church activities. Have I been committed? Then when you are done, eh, take your time and answer the questions you have set for yourselves. Take your time. Because in self-examination, you are the examiner, you are the whatever again. You are the examiner, the student, and the marker. Uh, so, you set the questions, you answer yourself, then you mark. Ask questions. He said that test yourselves. And I've told you, there cannot be a test without questions. And there cannot be a mark without answers. Mark eh, in exams are based on what? The answers you provided. So, test yourselves. Mark yourselves. Grade yourself. Are you still in the faith? Are you still in the faith? And this is what is funny. If you mark yourself and you get below 50%, okay, so if you ask yourself 10 questions and you got four correct and six wrong, okay, with you. Maybe if you get 60 percent, you are not too bad, but it means you have to upgrade. Amen. Let me tell you this. We are all working towards perfection. Nobody is perfect. Don't let anybody lie to you. The pastor preaching is not perfect. Am I listening? Nobody. Your weakness might not be my weakness. Hello? Are you here? Your weakness might not be my weakness. My weakness might not be your weakness. But we work towards perfection. We must work to, to overcome our weaknesses. We must not glory in our weaknesses and say, me Yes, I'm Amen. So examine yourself. Examine yourself. Ask yourself questions. Before you set new goals, ask yourself questions. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 14. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 14. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, add knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, 
to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness. So this is how you mark yourself. Are these things present in your life? Do they abound in your life? Verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When these things are in your when these things are yours, they are in your life and they abound, he said you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Be more diligent to make your calling and your election sure. So it means that to make your calling and your election sure, you must be diligent. Amen? You must be diligent. Otherwise, the devil will snatch you into the world. He will snatch you. I always tell people, when sin becomes normal in your eyes, begin to pray. Because the devil is at work. He is very close to you. When you begin to defend sin, wake up. Wake up. Don't say it is nothing. It is something. Because that is how distraction comes. Distraction comes when sin becomes normal to you. He said, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will not stumble. Verse 11. For so, an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. So what I'm teaching you might know, but I'm reminding you. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in the tent to stir you up by reminding you. By reminding you. Verse 14, last one. Knowing that, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. In other words, the tent, he's talking about the body. This body is a tent. Very soon, all of us will leave it. Even if you live for 100 years. Amen. So, examine yourselves. Don't just be excited about a new year. What is new about a year if your life is still old? What is new about a year if your life is still old? The new year signifies new life. An opportunity for you to, to, to change and, 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 and have a new life. Amen. Number two. After the self-examination, repent. Give me First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
You are only restored spiritually when you confess your sins. Write it down. You are only restored spiritually when you confess your sins. And in confessing your sins, I'm not talking about you going to see a man and telling him that uh, I have done ABC. Say, go, you are forgiven. No, I am talking about you going to God in prayer and asking him to forgive you. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So yes, you can go to a pastor and tell your pastor that I have a weakness in these areas and I need you to pray with me. Your pastor will pray with you, but ultimately it is God that forgives. It is God that forgives. So, what I will encourage you to do is to go to God in prayer and ask for forgiveness. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not willing that we perish in our sins, but his desire is that all of us will come to repentance. So, after examining yourself, the next thing you, you, you want to do is to repent where there need be. James 4, 8. James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he, God, will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. So, you can say, for God to be near to you, you must cleanse your hands. You must turn away from your sins. He says that purify your hearts and don't be double-minded. If these things are present in your life, they draw God closer to you. I, I like, is it Isaiah 59? Verse 1, that the hand of the Lord is not short. You need it. So behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. What is the difference between this and the scripture that we just read? Say so your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So because of your sins, all your powerful prayers, God doesn't hear. All the time you spend in prayer, God doesn't hear. All the oil we pour on your head, God doesn't hear. The sticker you have in your room, that when you are in trouble, you put it on your forehead. God doesn't hear. He said, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. So that he will not hear. Somebody will say that this is Old Testament. So let me give me this for it. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your heart, you double-minded. What is the difference between James 4, 8 and Isaiah 59, 1 and 2? What is the difference? They are the same. I said what? They are the same. They are the same. Cleanse your hands. 
Turn away from your sins. Purify your heart. Don't be double-minded. When you do that, God will not hear when you call. Praise God. When you do that, God will not hear when you call. He won't hear when you call. Give me Matthew 9, 13. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen? So after examining yourself, you must repent so you'll be right with God. Number three. Now, after repentance, you are ready to set spiritual goals. So set spiritual goals. Do you want to grow spiritually in the coming year? It will only happen when you set goals. So in which areas can we set goals? Number one, prayer. Set goals. Psalm 37 verse 5. How many times do you want to pray in a day? How many minutes at least do you want to pray? Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Commit. Commit your ways. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Commit. So you commit it in through prayer. So how many times do you want to pray next year? In a day? How many minutes do you want to pray in a day? When you go before God in prayer, how many minutes do you want to spend at least? Set goals. Don't just set physical goals. Set spiritual goals. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By what? By prayer. Have you seen it? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It is the request you make known to God that God will address. So next year, be committed to prayer. Set prayer goals. Set prayer goals. And I'm not just referring to you coming to church to pray. That one is one. But I'm talking about personal prayer life. That personally, you have a prayer life, a personal prayer life. If it is 10 minutes, do it. 50 minutes, do it. 20 minutes, do it. Don't say, Pastor prays for two hours. I'm going to pray for two hours. You might faint. Amen? Start from somewhere. If you can do 10 minutes a day, do it. Only make sure that you are prayerful in the year. You are talking to God in prayer. Listen to me. There is nothing prayer cannot address. No matter how tough. Prayer is able to address all situations. Amen. That is why those in the other side, those who worship idols, they always go to the shrine. Always they go to the shrine. It is not all the time that they get results. But they go. But they go. They keep going. Why? Because prayer works. So set prayer goals. When you make your plans, commit it to the Lord in prayer. Commit it. Commit it to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Commit it to the Lord in prayer. 
have a personal prayer life and be committed to corporate prayer sessions. Corporate prayers. When, when the church is calling for a, 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 a fasting and prayer, don't say that me, I fasted already. Don't say me, I pray on my own. There is something that corporate prayer does. Bible says that one will put to flight a thousand, but two will put to flight ten thousand. Can you imagine? So, corporate prayer has its place. When you are praying alone, you can put to flight only a thousand. So, in the coming year, set prayer goes. Personal prayer goes. That I am going to pray at least every day, 10 minutes. I am going to pray at least every day, 15 minutes. I am going to pray at least every day, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I am going to do this. Set personal prayer goals. And then decide that you are going to be part of corporate prayer sessions. It is only pride that will make a believer say that because I pray on my own, I will not pray or I will not join corporate prayer. It is only pride. Why? Because Bible says that one will put to flight a thousand, but two will put to flight ten thousand. There are battles that you cannot fight alone. But when we come together, corporately, we are able to deal with such situations. Amen. So, pray on your own, but also pray in group. And the other thing you want to do with regards to prayer is to have prayer partners. I'm talking about setting spiritual goals. I said the first one is to assess your spiritual life, examine yourself. The second one is to repent. The third one is to set spiritual goals. And I'm talking about prayer, setting prayer goals. Pray alone. Pray in the church and then have prayer partners. Have people you pray with. Have prayer partners. Have people you pray with. Don't always be praying alone. It is called Ankunam. It is not good. Man is not an island. Amen? So, have people you pray with. Have prayer partners. Identify friends who, who are like-minded and tell them, can we be praying next year at least once a month? Let's meet and pray. Do it. Life is more spiritual than you think. There are battles, there are things the enemy is doing to frustrate you. It will take only prayer for God to intervene. Jesus said to Peter that the enemy sought to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. I cannot imagine. I prayed for you. Peter was following Jesus. They were going about all the moves. He, he saw all the miracles, but the devil was not afraid. Even though Peter was with Jesus, the devil was still planning to sift him like a wheat. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Not that I stopped the devil, though. Please take note. I, I didn't stop the devil. I prayed. I did what? This is Jesus Christ. He said, I prayed for you. I, Peter had a prayer partner. His name is Jesus. Prayer partners help you when you are weak. They help you. If you are in this life, you don't have people who pray with you. People who pray with you. I'm telling you. You must have people who pray with you. You must have people who mention your name in prayer. That is why you must learn to do good to people. Learn to do good to people. Amen? 
People must always mention your name in prayer. It is important. Have prayer partners. Amen. Second thing under spiritual goals. Bible study. Second Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. One way by which you prove yourself is what you study. What you know. Job said that you are not, I am not inferior to you because what you know, I also know. Amen. So because of that, I am not inferior to you. Study to show yourself approved. Give me Joshua chapter 1. Maybe from verse 8. So set goals in the area of Bible study. Set goals. How many times do you want to study the Bible in a day? Today, it looks like uh, uh, quiet time has become something for the children. Who told you that quiet time is from Kola? Who deceived us? No, who deceived us? That the pastor shouldn't do quiet time? Really? The elder shouldn't do quiet time? The church member, because now you are old, older. So you won't do quiet time. Quiet time is for our spiritual growth. If you want to grow in the Lord, you must always have a quiet time. No matter your level in Christ, to grow, you must have quiet time. A time that is just between you and your God, you must have it. And when you meet God, one of the things you do is to study his word. So this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So to make your way prosperous and to have good success, the book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Now this is the question. How will you have it in your mouth when you've not read it? When it comes to the word, it is what you have read that you produce. What I am teaching, it is what I know by studying that I'm producing. What I don't know, I cannot produce. Even if the Holy Spirit is witnessing it, it will become a problem. So I must study. If I want to work in collaboration with the Holy Spirit, I must know what he knows. Hello? I said what? If I want to work in partnership with the Holy Spirit, I must know what he knows. So that when he's ministering to me, I will know exactly what he's talking about. If I don't know the word, the Holy Spirit will not be effective in my life. So what I'm teaching is only effective because of what I have read. So I can give scriptures as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance and insight. I can give scriptures that are not written in the notes. Why? Because I have read so when the Holy Spirit says this, I know where to find it and I quote it. And so, you can only produce from your mouth what you have read into your spirit. Study. So he says that when you study and you, you meditate and you observe to do all that you read, he says you will be prosperous and you will make your way successful. You will have good success. So in the coming year, one of the ways by which you will succeed 
It's not just by going to school. It is not just by having partners. It is not just by working hard. It is not just by getting contracts. One of the ways you will succeed is by knowing the word of the Lord. It will make you prosperous. I said it will make you prosperous. It will make your way successful. I pray for you that in the coming year you will know God's word. You will study God's word. You will meditate on God's word. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you will observe the word of God. He said, only for then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. So, have a plan for Bible study. Have a plan. How many chapters of the Bible do you want to read a day? Okay, how many verses do you want to read a day? Have a plan. Number two, be part of Bible study in your church. Join smaller groups. Listen to me. The word of God is more powerful than a prophet coming to tell you that I see you wearing white shirt. Don't you know you are wearing white shirt? Even me standing here, I know you are wearing white shirt. My sister, what is the color of your shirt? Why? So if I come and tell you that you are wearing white shirt, is it news? Listen to me. The word of God is more powerful than any word of prophecy a man of God can give you. That is what Bible says that the word of God is a sure word of prophecy. Sure word. Sure word. Unfortunately, we have a generation of Christians who are interested in what the prophet will see. So prophet, what are you seeing? Prophet, what are you seeing? And that is why now we have prophets who are seeing nothing, but they are lying. And now by his lying. He is lying. He will look into your face and lie to you. And those who don't, who don't want to lie, they'll go for uh, uh, extra powers from the demonic world just so that they can tell somebody that you are wearing blue pants. You are wearing yellow singlets. Uh, your name is this. Uh, uh, and, and, and as I stand here now, uh, I, I see my spirit in Aveime. I see my spirit in Aveime. On the Missouri, I call Jedro. Who won't say, Yamehuyamobo? Missing Yamehuyamobo. May God have mercy on us. Look, when you, you know the word of God, your confidence level in life goes up. I am telling you. So next year, have a plan for Bible study. Personal Bible study. Group Bible study. Look, organize your friends. Munshiana, Munshiana, Miasem. Oh, over the years, Mushia and Semuhunun Kwan Amudi, Afia Ebe, Semushia, Mushia Nyamiasem. Because the pastor, oh, Kanyamiasem. Mushia, Edin Semuhunusa, Afia Ebe, Missy Afia Ebe, Semushia Munyade, Mushia Nyamiasem. Now, and no, Edin prosperity and a good success. Ebe, bro. Amen. It will bring you prosperity and it will bring you good success. Then, fasting. Still in the area of certain spiritual goals. Fasting. There is something I love about fasting. Isaiah 58 verse 6. You will love it. You will love it. You will love it. Isaiah 58 verse 6. He said, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness. So fasting is able to lose the bond of wickedness over you. Fasting. 
He said, is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness? Poverty is a bond of wickedness. Sickness is a bond of wickedness. Unemployment is a bond of wickedness. Disappointment, shame, failure, whatever it is, you can name them. They are bonds of wickedness. And Bible says that, is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness? Anything that is a bond of wickedness in your life, you can overcome it by fasting. You can. So in the coming year, have a plan for fasting. When the church is fasting, join. The church says we are doing 40 days. Join. I said join. Listen to me. That 40 days eh, is enough to bring about great change in your life. So join. Join. You are alone. Nobody is fasting. But there is something happening to you that you feel that God must intervene. Fast. 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 The only thing you shouldn't do is that don't say that the church announces a corporate fast. You say, oh, I just ended a 10-day fasting. That one is disobedient. That means you are becoming arrogant. You are becoming proud. Amen? Yeah, you are becoming proud. But fast. Fast. Those of you who cannot fast. You see, fasting is not only food. Though. No. We have been deceived for far too long. No. It's giving up on anything that you cherish, that you think you cannot do without. You can even do social media fasting. Hey, she pastor, this one too. Yes. Yes. You can decide that for one month, I am not going to be on social media. I am going to just spend time studying God's word. And you know, Whenever I see my phone, my phone gives me updates. So uh, uh, your screen time was up by thirty-five percent this week. Ah! Then when I decide that okay, it will go down, it goes down. Yes, you see, fasting is the discipline you need in order to spend quality time with God. Period. Period. Fasting is not hunger strike. He says that to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo, to do what? So there are things you can undo in your life by fasting. I love this message. There are things you can undo in your life just by fasting. So to undo the heavy burdens. So there are bad things you can undo when you fast. Next year, fast. Set fasting goals. Tell yourself that the 40 days the church is going to do, I'm going to participate. The 14 days the church is going to do before a uh, uh, kingdom conference, I am going to participate. The seven days fasting will do before faith conference, I am going to participate. But in addition to that, personally, I am also going to fast. Tell yourself. Plan it. At least this church, everything is planned. So you know when we do the 40 days. You know when we do the 14 days. You know when we do the seven days. Plan outside these periods and also wait on God. Fast. He says that when you do that, the bones of wickedness will be loosed over you. And he said, heavy burdens will be, will be lifted up. He said, to let the oppressed go free. So when you fast, you receive freedom. Next year, set fasting goes. Amen. And, and that you break every yoke. So when there are yokes around your neck, you can break it by fasting. Next year, set fasting goes. Amen. Next one, giving. Giving. Tithes and seats. Second Corinthians 8, 1 to 15. 
you can look at it. Second Corinthians 8, 1 to 15. Then there is Second Corinthians 9, 1 to 10. When you go home, you can look at that. Giving is important. It's a spiritual exercise. And next year, set giving goals. How much offering do you want to give? Some of you, you've been giving one Ghana cities since you became born again. Your grandmother who was alive when you became born again is dead 10 years ago. You are still giving one city. And sometimes when you give in her grave, she wakes up, shakes her head, saying, Then she will go back into the grave. Set giving goals. You have not been consistent in your tithing this year. Set tithing goals. Set goals. Set goals. How much are you giving now as tithe? How much are you giving now as offering? Improve. Listen, one sign of improvement in your spiritual life and financial life is what you give. Today, when you see me driving the car I drive, living where I live, doing the things I do, it is because I have learned how to give to the Lord. Sometimes people want to have what you have, but they don't want to know what you do. They want to have what you have, but they don't want to know what you know and do what you do. You must learn to give. Amen. If you want your financial status to change, it can only happen through one way, giving. Oh, giving, I'm telling you, giving. Financial status doesn't change because your salary salary has increased. If your salary increases and your giving life has not improved, that money will... Do you know that money doesn't change a man's life? One day I'll teach on this. Money doesn't change a man's life. Money, no, 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 money will not change your life. No, 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 no. It is God that changes a man's life. Amen. So in the coming year, set goals in the area of giving. Some of you, we said we are coming to thank the Lord for, for 2020 and for how far he has brought us. Bring a substance. Some of you, even one gun and pomo and famba. I'm a dear idea. Add them. In the coming year, let your giving be different. Amen. Amen. You don't give because you, you, you want to show off. No. You give because it's your, it's your responsibility to give. Amen. You give because it's your responsibility. Don't let anybody put you under pressure to give. There is no blessing in that. Give because you understand what giving does to us. Amen. Number Still under certain spiritual goals. Is it number five? Church attendance. Hebrews 10, 25. Do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. So tell yourself that next year, I have no, look, Hebrews 10, 25. Amen. So tell yourself, set goals. You are not going to miss church in the coming year. Nobody will chase you to come to church. Nobody will chase you. Nobody will pursue you say, bra, sorry, bra, sorry. No, there is blessing in the house of God. Bible says that there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. There are pleasures forevermore. So in the coming years, set goals to be in church. Set goals to be in church. Set goals. And then the next one. Commitment to the church. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 16 to 23. Commitment to the church. It is one thing going to church and another thing being committed church member. Committed church members, they play a role in the church. They support 
the church in every way possible. Committed church members. Committed church members are not people with titles. They are people who are helpful to the church. You can have titles and not be useful or effective. Being committed to the church is not about the titles you hold, but it's about how useful you are to the church. In the coming year, decide to be useful to the church. Decide to be committed to the things of God. And God will bless you. The final one I will talk about certain spiritual goals is evangelism. 2 Corinthians 5, 12-21, Romans 10, 14. You must understand that God has given us the spirit of reconciliation. There are people who must be saved because you preached to them. And you must take it upon yourself as a spiritual goal to save souls into the kingdom. Become that instrument that God can use to snatch others from the, from the pit of hell. There are many that are perishing. Every now and then, people are dying and going to hell. When you see nightclubs and you see crowd, cry for them because they are hellbound. When you see people who don't know the Lord losing their lives in lorry accidents, cry because they are bound. They are hellbound. And the Lord expects us to preach to them. The Lord expects us to reach out to them. Because he has given us the spirit of reconciliation according to the scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The spirit of reconciliation. That we should not watch others to perish, but we should bring them to the saving knowledge of Christ. And the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says that how would they hear when nobody preaches to them? There are people who must hear and be saved. And it is your responsibility to go and bring them. It is your he, said, he said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And, and how shall they believe in him uh, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without, without in the coming year make yourself a preacher? A preacher is not only the one standing behind the pulpit in the church. A preacher is also the one on the street sharing flyers and inviting people to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. You are also a preacher. In the coming year, be a preacher. Number four, faith. Faith. Hebrews 11, 1 to 12. You must have the faith to receive from God. When things get tough, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith is the substance of things heard for. The evidence of things not seen. It says that by it, for, for, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. King James would say a good report. So, so in the coming year, have faith. The faith to receive from God. Have faith. Have faith that everything is going to be alright. Have faith that there will be a change of story. Have faith that you will be employed. Have faith that you will be healed even if you are sick. Have faith that things will turn around. Have faith in the coming year. Have faith in God. For we are nothing without faith. The Bible says that without faith, nobody will please God. Without faith, nobody will see God. It takes faith to see the promises of God come to pass in a man's life. So, so, so in the coming year, have faith. I said do what? Have faith. Don't say that 2020 has been bad. So 2021, they are be. 
God will do it. Have faith. Don't give up. Amen. Have faith. The faith to receive from God. Have it. For it takes faith to receive from God. The last one. Gratitude and contentment. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 to 10. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. Gratitude. In the coming year, be content with what the Lord will do for you. Be content. Be content. Don't complain. Be grateful. Amen. Be grateful. Be grateful to God. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10. In the coming year, be grateful to God. Be, be, have a heart of gratitude. In all things, give God gratitude. Give God thanks. Always. And be content. Don't say that, why is God doing this for this person and not doing this for me? No, be content with what he's doing with you and believe him for more. And show him gratitude. Be grateful to him. Give him thanks. Whatever he does for you, say thank you. Amen. Say thank you. Bible says that for we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and accord according to his purpose. All things work together for good. All things. So, whether good or bad, be grateful to God. Say thank you to the Lord. Look, as you do that, you command your blessing to replace your difficulties. Amen. It takes thanksgiving to overcome things that your prayer, your fasting, your giving cannot do. Thanksgiving will do it. When, when you are tried all means and nothing is working for you, please resort to thanksgiving. Live a life of gratitude. Amen. Live a life of gratitude. In the coming year, don't complain. No, 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 no. Don't mama. Be grateful. When you wake up in the morning, say, Father, I thank you for a new day. Yesterday might not go well, but today I thank you. Father, I thank you for, 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 for granting me the opportunity to see a brand new day. Father, I thank you for the opportunities that are coming my way. Even if you are sick, Father, I thank you that even though I am sick, I am still alive. I thank you that I will be healed. I thank you. Look, live a life of gratitude in the coming year. Show God gratitude. Be grateful to him. Tell yourself, and it is a goal. It is a spiritual goal. Tell yourself that I am going to be grateful to God at all times. I am going, tell yourself, set a goal. Look, Jerry, when things get bad, be grateful to God. When things are working for you, be grateful to God. Whatever, tell yourself that this is what I'm going to do in the coming year. Whatever happens, when the devil realizes that he cannot tame you, he will leave you alone. The devil only pursues those that he has control over. When you do that, you give the devil power over your life. But when the devil thinks that he is whipping you left, right, center, and you wake up and say, The devil says, This guy, what is wrong with him? What, what, with all that I'm doing to him, he is still giving God thanks. And when it persists, the devil will let you go. Amen. In the coming year, have a heart of gratitude and always be grateful 
to the Lord. Amen. I bless, I hope that I've blessed you with God's word. Thank you for listening to Reverend Jerry Payne. For more information about our ministry, kindly visit our website at www.disciplenationschurch.org or call us on 0244-733-659. Locate the workplace of Disciple Nations Church at Sotoko Official Town Market near the Bonnie Bend Building or Sadiba Electronics in Accra. God bless you.